0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: believed. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft goes to the Detroit Pistons.
0: Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Super.
1: The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was
0: absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From Long Range. Oh! Oh! Yes, yes. Detroit
1: basketball. Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe network i'm your host mike anguilano and joining me is aaron johnson aaron is this like the third pod without jasper now is jasper quiet quitting He might be quiet quitting We have to find a new a new co-host yeah i think this is
0: three it's at least two i might have done one with him a couple weeks ago and then he at least this is at least two this might be three so yeah, Jasper might be quiet quitting at this point. I know that's a big trend nowadays, so
1: <laughs>
0: that that might be it from Jasper. I guess we'll uh, we might have to confront him on that.
1: Right. Well, I guess we're never going to see him again. So this is our confrontation here. And a lot of people have been quiet quitting on the Pistons, and you've been loud quitting on the people leading that organization, which we're going to get into uh, in this episode. Uh, but before we get into that, I'd like to thank our sponsor this week, and that's Bet Online. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events head on over to the website or use your mobile device to join today receive your 50% welcome bonus your first deposit using the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v again head on over to the website or or use your mobile device join receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag just have to use that promo code believe b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts okay let's move right along to our you know we were going to talk about the weekly stocks and you and I both had similar ones we both had Jalen Duran up and I had Dwayne Casey down and you had Troy Weaver down they've only played one game because of the Paris traveling um so it's not like super necessary to delve too deep into the weekly stocks we both had Jalen Duran up though um he was the only bright spot in that game against the Milwaukee Bucks. I think had 23 and 15, anything you want to say about Jalen Duran that we haven't already said so far this year. I mean, he's, he's definitely the most impactful rookie that the Pistons have. Yeah. He is just a, a breath
0: of fresh air to this team. 23 points, 15 rebounds, two blocks, two steals and assists nine to 13 from the field. Uh, in the, the loss to milwaukee and man it, it it's just unfortunate that the pistons don't have more guys like him that play more like him and he's not perfect it's not like he was out there playing you know magnificent defense or anything and and it's everyone else's fault um the pistons had plenty of, of the of faults against the Milwaukee Bucks Jalen Dern wasn't perfect but it, it, You just know every night he's going to give you something. And you can't say that for the rest of this team. And when you consider Jalen Durance, the youngest player in the league, the youngest player on the team, had just come back from a two-week, two-and-a-half-week uh, injury where he was out, that says something. That says something. And, yeah, he was in my stock up solely because of that and really because – no one else on the Pistons in that one game did anything to, to drum up any sort of uh, of stock up uh, recognition. Duran just continues to impress. Like you said, the lone bright spot. He's been one of the few bright spots this entire season. Uh, so another good performance from him. Unfortunately, the Pistons are just an absolute atrocity to the eyes right now.
1: That's. Sort of what we're going to cover in this week's episode is not necessarily the Pistons being bad, which is not anything new. They have have been bad for several years. As you noted here in your notes, that they have not eclipsed 23 wins over the past three seasons. It's not looking like they're going to get to that mark either. Sitting at 12 and 37, somehow the second worst record in the league behind a almost an equal dumpster fire of uh, a team right now, just a team going through a lot of turmoil and coaching issues. That's the Houston Rockets. You know, looking at these stats, they're 29th in defensive rating, they're 28th in offensive rating. I pulled up the game log for the last three games against the Knicks, the Bulls and the Bucks. Their defense is pretty poor. I mean, they are giving up hundred, uh, 128.6 points, 100 possessions against the Knicks, that goes to 120 against the Bulls and up to 135 against Milwaukee there. Milwaukee's opposing, or rather, Milwaukee's effective field goal percentage was 67.9%. I mean, ridiculously high. That's actually just a little bit higher than the drubbing that they took against the Sixers, 147 to 116. Uh, yeah, the defense has been pretty poor 29th, in defensive rating 28th in offensive rating kind of knew that the offense was maybe going to be a little bit more challenging, um, uh, this year, even with Kate Cunningham healthy, just because they really were reliant on some people taking some steps, Sadiq Bay taking a step and reliant on Jaden Ivy. Uh they've had some blowouts lately and Effort is the word that's being thrown around more. Intensities, the word that's being thrown around a lot more. We've noted on past podcasts that this team doesn't have an identity necessarily. You know, even some bad teams have an identity. Um they have had injuries, yes. Kate Cunningham not being there changes everything for this team. Alec Burks was injured to begin the year. Marvin Bagley is you know, was there big free agent acquisition and he has been hurt. And I think gonna be hurt for quite a while. And Isaiah Stewart's been banged up as well. So this begs the question about the head coach. And we've mentioned this prior to the year as well, prior to the season, even starting, you know, is this, is this going to be Dwayne Casey's last year as the head coach? And it's a fair question to ask, what are your thoughts on Dwayne Casey as the head coach Heading into next year, and, and try not to be as you know, these last three games have been have been brutal to watch from an effort standpoint. Um, but in looking at the whole season, considering the injuries, has Dwayne Casey earned the right to coach this team for next year? It's a great question. It's a great question. And, you know, we posed
0: this question on Twitter earlier today. Uh, we posed it to our to our followers there if you didn't get a chance to vote sorry um but the votes were rather unanimous and uh over over 250 votes in the few hours that we had it up prior to the show 89 percent of the voters said no 11 said yes I was shocked by these results I'll say this I'm in agreement I don't think Dwayne Casey's earned the right to coach this team next year I don't think you can look at the job that he's done and point out two, three, four, five things that immediately say, this is why he needs to be here. This proves what he's doing is taking us in somewhat of the right direction. You can't. I'd be very interested to see and hear what those things are if you do feel that way. I'm very curious because I don't know what you can look at from an individual player development standpoint to a team standpoint, because I don't, I, I I think this is the worst it's been under Dwayne Casey. I think this year by far is the worst that it's been They're, Again, like we said, 29th in defensive rating, 28th in offensive rating, second worst record in the league. It's been this way under Dwayne Casey. This isn't new. They were bottom of the league in, de- in offensive rating last year. They were 24th in defensive rating last year. The year before that, I believe they were 19th in defensive rating. And again, bottom of the league in offensive rating. For a defensive-minded coach, a guy that has made a career out of being known for building strong defenses, that's simply unacceptable for a coach that Tips his cap to defense, and to really an organization that's built its foundation, that's built its reputation on defense. The Pistons are an atrocity on that side of the court, and they have not been a good enough offensive team to offset their lack of effort, their lack uh, of strategy defensively. And to me, when you're uh, a few months into the season, because let's let's face it, this isn't new. This type of lack of effort, lack of intensity isn't new with this group. What does that say? For an organization that's now in, you know, year three of Troy Weaver, Dwayne Casey's been here. This is his fifth season. These are their guys. And even with injuries, I get it. No one we we didn't say the Pistons, you know, we're gonna be a playoff team this season. We didn't say they were going to be a playing team this season. We said they were going to be bad. But for them to be this bad and play this bad because of a lack of effort, a lack of intensity, an obvious lack of defensive strategy, an offensive game plan built around no movement, some pick and roll, some isolation at the top of the perimeter, that's on the coaching staff. And it's on the coaching staff. If you can't get your guys to play hard for you, these are your guys. And there's been this belief that has been shared from inside the organization out that the culture is solid. That even in the losing, there is a good foundation. There is a good culture. The players in the organization are happy. They're working hard. And they they know what they need to do. They're working to get better. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that because I don't see that on the court. And we're starting to see more and more that guys are starting to yell at one another more. They're tun- tuning each other out more. We saw it in the Bulls game. If everything was okay, if these guys were getting better, why are they not playing hard? Why are they not mi- trying to make plays? To me, that is on coaching. If you can't get your guys, your locker room to play hard for you, that is one of the first signs that says this coach has lost the locker room. These guys are tuning out. They're ch- they're mailing it in. They're done. That's on Dwayne Casey. And that's, to be fair, also on Troy Weaver. Because let's not act like Troy Weaver gave Dwayne Casey an outstanding roster to work with. He built a fundamentally flawed team from the get-go. And it's been that way every year.
1: It's been that way every year under Troy Weaver. Right. So that kind of segues into my next question. So Troy Weaver has been the architect behind the roster for the last several seasons. And, you know, the Pistons are a bad team. Is that... Dwayne Casey's fault. I mean, the hand that he's been dealt is a roster that is extraordinarily young. That is a mishmash of vets that don't really have a place in the league, or they were just dealt here as part of extra pieces. If you know, you could talk about Burks and Nerlens Noel. Noel. I mean, you have guys like Corey Joseph and Rodney Magruder that are just kind of here. And that's, it's not a recipe for winning basketball. Does that factor at all in a decision to fire Dwayne Casey, who does have a playoff pedigree um, behind him and a pedigree of bringing a, along a bad team? Those Raptors teams were not good um, at the beginning. They turned into pretty disciplined teams. Then they did have an identity by the time they moved on from him. Does that factor at all? I mean, the personnel has not been great. I mean, on paper, this is probably the – best roster he's had to work with and it still is extraordinarily flawed it can
0: factor in but it doesn't sway my decision that can be factored in and that's on Troy Weaver it's it's on the general manager of the organization to give a coach talent to win but but again like we talked about in the offseason this team wasn't going to win they were going to be bad I don't think they were going to be worst team in the league bad but they're really, really bad on both sides of the ball. And there is no development on either side of the ball that is encouraging to say, okay, you get Kate Cunningham back. You add another top pick to this. They'll have some cap room to work with. I can see how it's going to get better. I don't feel that way. I don't. I think this team has a lot of issues. They weren't. Built to win, but if they're not playing hard, you go back to the team with Jeremy Grant in in that first year where they were bad, but they played hard. It was a it was a lot easier of a pill to swallow because the Pistons were fighting. They were fighting in games, working hard, and they were they were just coming up short. And you kind of look at the roster this year and you say, okay. Boyan Bogdanovich comes in, he's giving you competitive minutes every night. You look at Alec Burks, always making an impact on the box score. Always making an impact in the game. They're a better team when Alec Burks is on the court.
1: He has the best differential on the team this year. He is number one. So you look at these veterans
0: who are making a positive impact. But then you look at these young guys, Jaden Ivey, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart. Their, their presence is inconsistent every night. And for Hayes, Ivy, and Bay, their defense completely non-existent. The, the, the narrative of Killian Hayes being a good defender, it, it, it needs to go. It needs to go. Because his rookie year, second year, yeah, there was, it was easy to see how he was impacting the game defensively. But go watch a game this year and watch how easy it is for the opposing team's point guard to go right past him on the perimeter, to get right through him and penetrate inside. There's, it's just, it's not fair to say. And the sad thing is, even with that being the case, he is still one of the team's best defenders. Because this team is so uncommitted on that side of the court. So yeah, in short, Dwayne Casey, not been given a great roster. But to me, when this, again, this isn't new, the lack of effort, the lack of intensity, not playing hard, coming out flat every single game, those things aren't new. They, they It's not like this is a January start of 2023 thing that started happening very early in the season when you can't get your guys to come out and compete on a given night that's that tells me the coach doesn't have the locker room anymore and it shows me that maybe Dwayne Casey is a coach for a more veteran team a team that's been around a little bit longer that has a bit of a, a, a better winning pedigree but maybe he's not the right guy maybe he's not the right coach for a young team that needs player development that needs to be uh, you know it has been torn down and is, is in a rebuilding phase because like we talked about on last week's show we had a discussion about those guys from Troy Weaver's first draft Killian Hayes Isaiah Stewart Sadiq Bey and, and our discussion was they haven't gotten better in their throughout their career we're sitting here wondering do any of those guys get a second contract with Detroit have they done enough to merit getting that type of money from the Pistons and isn't that on the coach and his staff to develop those guys so that, hell yeah, all three of them, they were first-round picks. They were all top 20 selections. Hell yeah, they're all part of our future. That's what thats what they were sold to be to those outside of the organization. Those guys were sold to be the foundation, the beginning, those first bricks to the foundation of this rebuild. Yet others are still selling us on Troy Weaver had nothing when he took this team over he had Blake Griffin he had to deal with that but he had three first round selections and I get that he he made some trades to get a couple of those picks but since then he's had three first round selections in that draft a number one pick in the draft two more lottery picks he signed Jeremy Grant he has had plenty of time and he's also made decisions that have cost the Pistons win. He let Christian Wood walk. He traded Bruce Brown for literally nothing. He has gotten rid of guys that in this day would be helping the Pistons. So, yeah, that's, that's on Troy Weaver. It's on Dwayne Casey.
1: Right. And to
0: me, I just think they need, they need to go in a different direction. They need – New blood. They need someone that's going to bring a
1: different energy to the organization. So let me let's take one step back because I agree with you on letting Dwayne Casey go. I think he's had an opportunity to be the guy to coach a very young team, a team that's going to continue to get young as they get a lottery pick this upcoming draft. I agree with letting him go in favor of a younger more development oriented coach and he maybe is a better coach for a veteran team that's looking to make the play in or the playoffs um i i agree with you on that i'm against firing him in the middle of the season however i just don't think it's i mean look i i'm a Cavs fan i watched Lu get the heave ho! After a few games, I watched John Beeline get the heave ho after what can only be categorized as a catastrophe. In-season coaching changes, and it's not just the Caps; it's a lot of teams across the NBA. In-season coaching changes just very rarely do what you expect them to do. I mean, maybe a team starts to play hard a little bit after that because they, you know, they have a different scenery around them, and there's maybe a little extra motivation. But in-season coaching changes, I, I generally disagree with. So I don't think they should fire him now. I think ride it out the rest of the year. Uh, unless you have some assistant that you have absolutely earmarked as the future, and I don't think they have, they should just wait until the offseason. Agreed. I agree. I don't think it makes sense to to
0: fire a coach mid-year. You don't know who might become available, who might get fired unceremoniously for underperforming in the playoffs or anything like that. Um, I agree. It's it's very difficult to make that kind of change mid-year. And, and to do that to a locker room mid-season, for a locker room that you're talking about not being locked in, not being focused, that's only going to make it more difficult. Because I do feel like a lot of the players – on the Pistons, like Dwayne Casey, Uh, right, and they like to play for him, but they're not actually playing for him. And it almost feels like there's a a lack of accountability from the top down because if they liked him, they would play hard for him. And since they're not playing hard for him, Dwayne Casey is seemingly not on them enough. Just, I guess, one more thing. I don't want to go right back to it. There's one other point I wanted to make sure I made on the show. For years now, we've heard Dwayne Casey come in after games in the offseason and things of that nature and say, you know, we need to teach these guys how to play defense, learn how to compete on that side of the floor on a nightly basis. And we've heard those same quotes two, three years. That is Dwayne Casey's job. So he can say that and say they need to do that. Well, they, 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 then, yeah, like you need to actually do it. That's what you should be doing. You're the head coach. Your staff is in charge of com- getting them to commit defensively to building a defensive strategy that's going to work with this team. And that's just one of those, those major things. Like we we picked on Stan Van Gundy when, when he would come in and he'd take the blame after a loss and say, this is what I did wrong. And a lot of the times it was the same stuff over and over. And it's like, okay, you can continue to say that or take the blame or or, or – Say, this is what we need to be better at. It's your job then to get your team to be better at it, to make better decisions. And that's another thing that's really stood out to me under Dwayne Casey a lot more this year, uh, and you know, a little bit more last year as well. Maybe not as much as first year, where they were a playoff team, but the last couple seasons, it's really stood out to me how much of the we need to be better at this, we're working to get better at this, but it never actually happens. That kind of stuff is it, it has gone on.
1: So moving on from Dwayne Casey, who are some head coaching candidates that the Pistons should consider? And I like how you mentioned another reason for not moving on from him in the middle of the season that you don't know who will be unceremoniously fired. Kenny Atkinson and Brett Brown are two names that come to mind. Guys who really probably should not have been fired. But they were due to some different expectations that came upon them. Um, Some players voicing their opinions on the head coach. Uh, Those are different situations, but those candidates could become available after the season ends. So who are some head coaching candidates that the Pistons should be considering? I think if you look at a former coach,
0: a, a guy like Kenny Atkinson absolutely comes to mind. You look at the work that he did. Uh, you know, back when Brooklyn, before they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, those those younger, more limited rosters that overperformed with him at the helm, you know, they made the playoffs with a roster centered around D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, um, you know, these guys that by no means are star players of any sort. Uh, Jared Allen, you know, young in his career, and and he took them to the playoffs, and they were, were built on, you know, they moved, they they played with pace, they took a lot of shots, they took a lot of threes, and they competed a little bit harder on the defensive side of the court. Um, he got them to to play very hard, and they bought in, and the chemistry in Brooklyn was very noticeable at that time. I think it's something that you know, over these past years has been sorely missed with the, the new way the organization is, has has gone. I think you have to look at someone like Kenny Atkinson. I think his success uh, can't go unnoticed. Um, I think another guy, Quinn Snyder, look at the success he had in Utah. And you can say, well, look what happened to them last year. Look how they fell apart. And what I'll say to that is it did happen. Absolutely. I think there were a lot of factors in Utah uh, we've heard for you know years now about that lack of chemistry the even the dislike between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert we heard stories about how maybe Donovan Mitchell just kind of checked out last year and was just kind of done uh, at that point and that locker room just kind of didn't respond to that they didn't pick it up or anything they just like okay if our star's done we're done and I think that it's likely to have taken a toll on Quinn Snyder. When you look at his total body of work with the Utah Jazz, you saw him take and develop a team and make them a perennial playoff team, a maybe not top-of-the-line contender, but a good playoff team. And there was there was plenty of experience Snyder showed in terms of developing, development. I think that's a great mind offensively, He's worked with great guards. There's just that it would just be, I feel like a hand in glove fit. Some of the other guys that I think would should maybe get consideration. I think Sam Cassell has been a, a, an assistant coach in the league now for years, working with Doc Rivers, um, working you know alongside Ty Lue. I think he's a guy that's definitely paid his due, would uh, be one of that those newer type of coaches where former player, was a guard. We're starting to see guys like Chauncey Billups go into that role. And there's obviously been guys that have done that in the past, but it feels like we're seeing players, former players get into head coaching positions a little quicker. Cassell's been an assistant coach for a while. It feels like he's paid his dues in that regard and should really be given uh, a look. And I, I still, part of me really wants it to be Mike Dantini. Dan, Dan Sorry. Can't speak. Uh, Danton, Dn? D'Ant- oh my God, I can't say it. Mike D'Antoni. I'm, I'm mixing him up with uh Michigan State. Michigan Florida. State head coach Mike yeah. D'Antonio. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, part of me still wants it to be him, just because of the way that, you, you know, his pedigree in the league, the offenses he built, the teams that he led, were just absolutely phenomenal. I know he, you know he wasn't able to get the Rockets over the hump. Um. But just a phenomenal, phenomenal coach, I think. Uh, It's just a matter of does he want to coach such a young team that's probably a a decent chunk away from being a playoff team uh, at this point uh, in his career. But those are just some of the names that, that come to mind.
1: I like the idea of Kenny Atkinson being the guy. I think the fit is definitely there. He was in charge during some really bad, like laughably bad Brooklyn Nets teams and you know this is this is not a laughably bad team well maybe it is without kate cunningham i mean it's 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 not a good situation and he's got experience handling young players which of course the pistons are and are going to continue to be and with an incoming you know lottery pick that's going to be you know expedited even more um so I, I like the idea of Atkinson. And there's a lot of other young assistants around the league that, you know, just come up all of a sudden. You know, Chris Finch comes to mind with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was the Raptors guy, I believe. And midseason, they just made the change over from Ryan Saunders. So there's, there's assistance around the league. But I think the goal would be to get a development-focused younger head coach that can put guys in the positions they need to be put in. Um, and start to set some good habits because a young team that just kind of has free reign to do whatever they want that doesn't have the not not necessarily the respect to the coach because I think you're right. They like playing for Dwayne Casey, but you know you're not setting good habits, particularly on the defensive end and you're not setting standards. So but let's do it at the end of the season. Um, what other uh, responses did you see on Twitter? To your poll,
0: yeah, we got plenty of of responses from followers regarding the poll. You know, asking if Dwayne Casey should be the head coach of the Pistons next season. I guess we'll read a few from the Palace of Pistons guys first. Uh, Dylan Enidfield said, "No, enough is enough. Casey is underwhelmed with every roster he's had, veteran or young guys. Time for a fresh face." Our co-host, so maybe he's not quite quitting on us because he's still responding to our tweets, Jasper. Had to say, should he? No. Will he? Yep. Jacob Rogers, I don't think he should. Troy wasn't dealt the greatest roster or staff coming into his tenure. Casey had proven he could can be a good coach for a good team, but I don't think he is the guy for a young developing team. Uh, let's see, what else? GMG says, for anyone responding with yes, please explain. Return of the bad boys. Said, hell no, he is bad at X's and O's and can't fire up his team enough to play anything approachable, anything approaching credible defense. The things he is good at are what you pay assistant coaches to do push him to the front office. Mike said, and not Mike Angolano, a different Mike said, he has reached his limit on providing leadership and teaching skills. The players all coming out of college were top notch defenders and scorers. The Pistons can't stop anyone from scoring. This is all on coaching and motivation. His gig is up. Uh, plenty of other responses. Thankful to everyone who did. There were a few responses saying that he should be back. Um, some of that was citing that the team's too young. He wasn't given a winning roster, but the large majority were in agreement that Dwayne Casey should not be the head coach of the team next year.
1: So I guess before we wrap up this podcast what would be just real quick what would be the reasons for keeping Dwayne Casey heading into next year when you could be looking at a top three pick a franchise altering pick what what would be the reasons for keeping him
0: to play devil's advocate I think the biggest thing you can say is the expectation is that this team will be a playoff team next year their expectations that this team has a desire to be a playoff team next year which means That the general manager, Troy Weaver, is going to be making moves based off that mindset. That's going to be the motivating factor in his decision-making this offseason. And you would tell yourself that getting back Kate Cunningham, adding a top three pick, and using the cap space that the Pistons have to go acquire a big name, I'd imagine it being uh, a big-time wing piece, mixed in with the ever-usable, quote-unquote, internal development of guys like Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart, that the Pistons will be in a position to compete next year. Dwayne Casey's a coach that, as you and I said, is probably better suited to coach a playoff-level team than a rebuilding team. You would think he'd be a better match for that group. I don't think the Pistons are going to be a playoff team next year. It would take a major, major move this offseason. It would take acquiring an all-star name, not a a fake all-star, not a fringe all-star, an all-star name, a guy like Donovan Mitchell, for, for me to feel like that is possible, but that is what you could sell it as. Uh, other than that, I don't know outside of the players like him.
1: Yeah. And I think the stability as well for an incoming player, an incoming lottery pick, and this is a stacked draft. These, demonstrating stability is a positive sign teams that cycle through coaches too quickly sign of instability. It's a sign of more institutional problems, not that cycling through, you know, the Pistons haven't cycled through coaches constantly. I mean, Dwayne Casey has been here for several years now. Um, But a player coming in to a situation where the coach is already on the hot seat is less than ideal. It's not, something that they should consider strongly. Like they shouldn't factor that in strongly. Obviously above above all, get the guy in that you want. Um but stability is good, especially for incoming players. And you know, you could be looking at Victor Weminyama and you definitely want to have a stable situation around him. Uh even though he seems like the kind of prospect that could prosper no matter where he's at, you still want to have a stable situation. So I think it's possible they do keep Dwayne Casey and he's on the hot seat next year with some heightened expectations. Um, Maybe they should be fighting for a playing spot next year, or at least that's the mindset for the team, or, you know, maybe he is gone by the end of the season. We'll have to, we'll have to see. But with Troy Weaver, I think the, the, I mean, the roster is just bad. You know, it's, it's hard to grade Troy Weaver as, and it's easier to grade Dwayne Casey than it is to grade Troy Weaver. This is how
0: I would combat that idea of you know stability, continuity. This is year five for Dwayne Casey. Stan Van Gundy got four. Before that, it was a revolving door. I I will give that belief that it was, you know, Michael Curry, John kuster Lawrence Frank, Mo Cheeks. I get it. Before that, revolving door. Sammy Gundy's spent, we got four years, Dwayne Casey's now gotten five, and after everything that I, you know, we talked about throughout this show, I just, I just don't feel like he's done enough to earn a sixth, it just doesn't appear that way to me, and I'm relieved to see that a lot of people tend to agree, because there's just no standards with this team right now, and... Bad habits have been built and they've now swelled over year over year to this team specifically on the defensive end of the floor. Offensively, they're just completely ISO heavy pick and rolls. Uh, It's just not, it's just not good. And, and that, that falls on the coach. So I think a fresh start, a new face is, is the right mindset for this organization. However, to wrap this up in a bow to finish this discussion uh, for this week's show, I I feel very confident in saying that despite my belief, despite our belief that Dwayne Casey's time uh, has passed him by as the Pistons head coach, I can confidently say he will be back next season. The Pistons will not be getting rid of Dwayne Casey.
1: Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I probably agree with you and Jasper. Um, I, th- I think they will keep him and, you know, as they get in a playoff roster put together, they already have a playoff ready coach, um, just sitting there waiting to coach a playoff ready team. But, uh, we, we are going to see there's quite a few games left to be played. The deadline is still uh, approaching. We'll see what happens after the deadline and, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be, be in for it here the next couple of weeks. There's a lot of Pistons that are in trade talk. We haven't talked about trade talk. That's a positive. We didn't talk about Boyan Bogdanovich's ongoing trade saga that may or may not happen, that probably won't happen. Uh, but there's a lot of basketball left to be played, too. So we'll have to take that into account as well. Aaron, any closing thoughts uh, as we wrap up this edition of the podcast?
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate that the Pistons didn't play you know, more than one game since last week's show. Um, the day that this is coming out, and the game they did play was horrendous.
1: I horrendous, their play.
0: worst game of the year, 150 points. I mean, we don't. <laughs> the things that I could say about that game individually, you know, we could be here in another 30 minutes just talking about how bad it was. Um, but you know, hopefully, we'll get a few more games in now that the Pistons have settled back in, settled back to America, settled back to the states uh, after going out to Paris will play a few more games now before our next show. Uh, and we are getting closer to the trade deadline. We're seeing, you know, like, like we said last week, new stuff on Bogdanovich comes out every day. Feels like he's going to get moved at this point. Uh, we'll see what happens with Noel, with Alec Burps. Um, it seems like the talk around Sadiq Bey has died down. It really feels like those three veterans are are the the, the pieces that are most likely to be moved uh, by Detroit before you know the middle of february so as we get even closer to the deadline we'll certainly have more on that but it was nice this week not spending 20 minutes talking about the pistons trading the few decent players that they have on their roster
1: right right for trash you know just for straight garbage there was an article this morning that there were some mock trades for Boyan bogdanovich and they were all they were all terrible Um, but then you see guys like Rui hachimura go for second rounders and corpse of kendrick nunn and you think huh what is the trade value for some of these guys around the league um so we'll have plenty to discuss over the next couple of weeks as we get closer to the trade deadline as we wrap up this edition of the podcast i do want to thank our sponsor for this week and that's bet online again head on over to the website use your mobile device use promo code believe on your first deposit you receive a 50 percent welcome bonus the first time you use it and uh sports betting in ohio is just blowing up i'm sure i'll be betting on the the super bowl so i'll definitely be taking advantage of of that code aaron good talk as always thank you all for listening to this edition of the palace pistons podcast part of the believe podcast for my co-host aaron johnson we'll see you all next time